Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. You take a moment and say hi to a couple people around you. Uh, if you got some candy on your seat that you don't like, this is your opportunity to steal, I mean trade, with your neighbor while, while you got their attention somewhere else. Good morning, everybody. Good to see all these beautiful faces in God's house this morning. Um, I, I'm excited for today. Uh, it's really been fun going to two services. It really, from my perspective, it kind of just goes really, really fast. So this is like boom, boom, and I'm, I'm really enjoying uh, the season of life and ministry that we're in. Uh, today, I want to I take a moment, and uh, we're going to talk about something that's been on my heart for a while. I couldn't quite find a way to, to sneak it in throughout the series. Um, and so we're just going to kind of do a standalone thing today. Uh, and, but you're, you picked a great Sunday to be here. I love, I love this, uh, this topic, this concept that we're going to dive into today. Uh, and, and that is uh, insecure. And I want to I write it down. I'm going to come back to this in a second. Uh, my handwriting is terrible, but it's better than my wife's. Hers are like hieroglyphs. You really have to translate uh, that. So, but I want to talk this morning about security and insecurity this morning and how, how God and his love, his word, really impacts uh, this area of our lives. Now, I, I think we all face uh, different kinds of insecurities. Um, and, and I think throughout the journey of our life, we have different securities that we're kind of tempted to fall into or that really bother us so that we can't seem to get out of. Uh, for me, I grew up in a very rural area of Indiana. So most of my neighbors growing up were Amish. And they're amazing people, uh, great food. They're the horse and buggy, no TV, no electricity, right? So just a very, very different upbringing. And so most of my neighbors, right, the closest neighbor to me was my grandfather. So you can tell, like, I'm in the country right there. Like, if your closest neighbor is a quarter mile away and it's your grandparents, it's your family, come on. Like, you're, you're in the country. And so, but that was my upbringing. And then going to a very small school, and then, right? So as an adult, I've lived in a few different cities and been here since 2011. But, but the culture of where I grew up and the culture where I'm at now is just completely different worlds, right? Not even, it's not even comparable in any way. So it's just totally different worlds. Um, and so just growing up in this culture, you just pick up a lot of different social behaviors that is, like, don't exist anywhere else. And so I remember is growing up, I was like, man, I just have a lot of these social insecurities. And a lot of these, like, I, I'm like, we'd have these conversations. Even now to this day, I'll ask my wife, I'm like, that was an awkward moment. Like, was that me? Was it them? Am I weird? Is it that anybody else do this? Anybody, where are my social awkward people at, right? Right? It's just like, I know you're out there, right? There's a few of us. And so I just, I'm like, well, that was strange. And so it's like, even now, it's like, I'll, I'll find it catching me. And so I, I have some insecurities just with, with the, the social awkwardness kind of stuff. And I'm not even the cute awkward. You know the people that are like cute awkward? You're like, they're awkward, but they're cute. And I'm like, I'm just awkward, awkward. It's not even cute, awkward. It's just, just weird. And so just stop, right? So, so that's just one of those. And the, another one I have is the fear of failure. Anybody in here, like you just deal with the fear of failure? A few of us? Okay, I actually, a lot of us on this one. Okay, a lot of entrepreneurs in the house, maybe. So, so just the fear of failure, right? Like I always want things to go well and succeed and grow. And I, I love when things win and succeed. And so I just have this underlining insecurity, right? That I'm not enough. I'll never get it done. I'll, I'll never arrive. And my personality is also a three on the Enneagram. So it's like double time. I've really got it, right? Threes are the achievers. They're always trying to achieve. So I've got some of these insecurities that just sit on the inside of me all the time. And I need God's help. And I need his word uh, to, uh, to help me out. What, what I find so interesting about this word insecure is what I want to zero in on. Isn't it interesting that it begins with in? Here's the question I want to ask us this morning. What 
are you putting your security in? What are you putting your security in? And is your insecurity coming from where you're placing your security? All of us, right? We, we, uh, we sometimes put some security in our, in our money, don't we? Uh, there's an old school rapper named Mace, and he wrote a song, Money Comes and Goes. Anybody heard it? So it's an older one. It's an oldie but a goodie. It's early O's, man. There wasn't nothing like early O's, hip-hop and rap. So, and so, so money comes and goes. Money goes up and down, right? If you put your security in money, uh, it's, it's up when it's up, and it's down, it's down when it's down. Uh, some of us, man, I'm just going to draw a little, little smiley face here. Uh, some of us put our security in, in a person or, or people, right? But, but people are up and down. People let us down. They sometimes don't tell the truth or, you know, whatever. So like our, our security might, might go up and down. Sometimes uh, we put it uh, in our, our career, the, a, a, corporate, a corporate ladder, right? This is my best attempt at a, a high rise here really quick. And so we want to we climb this corporate ladder structure. Uh, careers are amazing. I think we have callings and careers and God uses them. Sometimes careers go away you'd never thought they'd go, right? Uh, you got hired, you love your new job, you're qualified, you're educated, and, and maybe you just remind your new boss of their ex and they don't like you and then they just fire you. What do you do about that, right? Like, oh, we all have these weird things that we go through and it's like, oh, I can't control that. Like, it, it shifted on me in a way that I'll, I'll never get out. So what are you secure in? What are you placing your security in this morning and is part of the insecurity coming from what you're placing it in. I did a little research this week and to define insecurity, it's the uncertainty or anxiety about oneself, a lack of confidence, the state of being open to danger or threat, a lack of protection. Isn't that how it feels when we're insecure? We just feel a lack of protection. Uh, Nick Wingnall is a clinical psychologist and blogger and writer, and I was doing a little research on his, his site this week, and he just kind of helped me frame it really well. Um, and he says, when we're insecure, it often causes us to act in a lot of different ways that we normally would, wouldn't really act if we're a healthy person. Um, and so we're not really the best parts of ourselves when we're dealing with insecurity. Uh, he says, insecure people often use criticism as a way uh, of dealing with others so they can feel better about themselves. In fact, when I choose to harshly criticize someone else, I often reveal an insecurity about me. That's a good one. If you're dealing with some internet trolls, you can write that down and take that, take that home. That, that's good. Um, it can often cause me to be in constant worry about the future as an attempt to, to have this false sense of control, right? It can keep me from not saying no in a healthy way. Right? Not being petty, but like I always feel like I have to say yes because I'm insecure, insecure in the relationship. And then I end up living somebody else's life instead of my, my own, right? Uh, it, it can also cause me to drift uh, from being uh, a normal, healthy individual that can deal with conflict to being overly positive and always brushing conflict under the rug and never dealing with conflict in a healthy way, right? It, it can, I can be passive aggressive. Um, there's all these different things that, that kind of fall out under this banner of just I'm dealing with insecurity, right? I'm not secure in. I love this. And this is what I want to help us out. He said, whatever caused your insecurity initially, right? So maybe the, some social awkwardness, feelings of myself or whatever, middle school, elementary, high school, and it grows into an adult. So whatever your causes your insecurity initially, it's your habits that keep it going today. I thought, whoa, that's, that's kind of wild. It's my habits that keep it going today. Whatever caused it, it's, it's what I've got going on 
that, that keeps, me, keeps me rolling, right? So how do you and I form a new habit? What are some moves that you and I can make to begin with God's word? What does it look like, church, for us to be secure in Christ? What does it look like to be secure in Christ? If insecurity is secure in something, what does it look like to be secure in Christ? In fact, I would say if you've got your security in anything other than Christ this morning, it's a little misplaced. It's got the opportunity to let you down. So what does it look like to be secure in Christ? I preached a message a few weeks ago. If you missed it, I think you should go back to it. And I was talking about the love of God. In fact, if you missed the one on the mercy of God and you missed the one on the love of God, I would say go back to the podcast, check it out, get that inside of your head and your heart because you need it, right? But this morning, what's the first move? If I want to break a habit and I want to create a new habit in my life and I want to move myself and I want to say, what does it look like? What, is, what, what, could it, what could my life look like if I get secure in Christ this morning? What, what would move number one be? I would say you've got to begin with his love. You've got to begin with his love. If you start anywhere else with God other than God is love, God loves me, we've started off on the wrong foot almost. You ever, you ever seen a mean, judgmental, nasty Christian? Like they dress right on Sunday, but that's it, right? Like they just mean. Listen, can I, can I tell you what they never got from the beginning? God is love and God loves them. Because when I realize how much he loves me, I can extend love to somebody else. When I realize how much I've been forgiven, I got some grace overflowing for somebody else. When I realize how merciful he's been to me, I can show mercy for somebody else's mistake, right? Come on, I'm, I'm preaching a little bit better than y'all reacting so far. But okay, look, let's just, the Bible says, 1 John 4, there is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. Fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears has not been perfect or developed in love. L- l- let, me, let me say it this way. The tree of insecurity, its roots flourish and grow deep in the soil of fear. Right? I mean, I'm insecure. I, I, I feel fragile. I don't feel protected. Fear, it just grows in my, in my fears, right? My insecurities of social awkwardness just grew in the fears of I'll, I'll never socially fit. And, and, and I still don't, but it's like, I'm okay with it now. I'm secure in Christ, right? Like I'm, I'm getting there. It's like, it's like what, what's that fear that arose at you? It's, it's, it's growing, the insecurity is growing in that, in that fear. When, when fear is exposed to the love of God, something happens. Something happens. I, I, I brought a blowtorch to church this morning. That's not something I say every Sunday, is it, right? This is, we're going to attempt not to set the fire alarm off, okay? And, and I, I brought some wax here this morning. And uh, wax is kind of a funny thing, right? It kind of gunks up. It's kind of sticky, right? You could, you, could, you could mold it on something, but it's just kind of hard to get rid of once it's on there, right? Like, it's just, it's just kind of a funny little thing. Um, but how many of you know that our fears and our insecurities, like wax, have a tendency to build up in our life? right? You, you were 10. You felt insecure. Somebody said something at 13. It was reaffirmed at 16 for you or whatever. 24, you're still dealing with it. 35, you thought you were over it until somebody said something. It took you all the way back to that eight-year-old kid. Isn't that amazing how fears and insecurities build up in our life? But church, what happens to us when your fears and insecurities are exposed to the love of God? Whoa, don't drop this thing. The love of God is like fire. And when fire interacts with wax, what happens to the wax? It begins to melt, and it melts quickly, right? It melts, it melts fast. So the longer I hold it on here, the more the wax welts, and the, and the love and the fire of God 
impacts. Can, can I tell you and remind you that when the love of God interacts with your past, your past melts. When the love of God interacts with your mind, the fears melt. When the love of God interacts with your insecurities, insecurities melt. Come on, guys. When the love of God interacts with your mistakes, your mistakes melt. The love of God is a force that your past has no remedy for. That wax has no power against the fire, and neither does your past, your fears, or your insecurities. And that's why First John is saying, listen, man, if, if, if you still got some fear, it's just because you haven't been exposed to the blowtorch of love yet. Because when love gets in there, the fear begins to melt. The wax has no choice because the fire is overpowering. That is the love of God. When the love of God gets inside you and takes hold of you, that's why I can kind of look back in my past, and it's like I feel like I'm watching somebody else's movie now. See, the love of God transforms you. You look back, and you're like, wow, I don't even recognize that person because that's not me anymore. I've been transformed with the love of God. Amen? So Jeremiah 31.3, the Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I've loved you with an everlasting love. I've drawn you with unfailing kindness. Psalms 36, how priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. 1 John 4, John wrote so much about God's love. And he said, we know and we rely on the love God has for us. We know and we rely on the love that he has for us. When I, when I kind of compare my insecurities to the love that God has for me, it changes me on the inside. When I'm tempted to get full of worry, when I'm tempted to get anxious, I'm like, hold on, wait a minute, I'm loved. When you and I begin to do life from love and not for love, something very drastic happens. Very drastic happens. When, when I'm willing to trade all of my life and my energy and my resources for love, I'm in a dangerous place. When I realize I am loved and I am chosen and I am accepted and everything I do, my relationships, my careers, my callings, everything is an overflow of I am loved, that's a difference. That's deep. I want some of you to take that home and smoke on that, okay? Because that's good. Like, you need that. Are do you doing life today for love or from love? You are loved. You are loved. Number two, move number two. How do we develop this habit of being secure in Christ? I want you to remember today that you're equipped. You're equipped. When you and I face our careers, our callings, the things we're trying to accomplish, Everybody's faced with the pressures and the worries and the insecurities, right, of, oh, I may not be able to get it. I want to remind you today that you are equipped. Hebrews 13, now may the God of peace through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead, Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. Uh, where's Ben? There's Ben right here. I thought I saw you. Okay, so if, if I call Ben and I say, uh, Ben, uh, give Evelyn, $20. Okay? Go for it, man. Come on. Give Evelyn $20. How many of you know I've called Ben to do something, but I haven't equipped him yet? I called him to do it, but I haven't given him any ability to do it yet. But if I give Ben $100, oh, his day just got better, somebody. Go ahead and count it. Make sure it's all there. Make sure it's clean. Okay, it's good. All right. So if then I say, Ben, give Evelyn $20. Ben's like, no, she's good. She got her own money, right? No. Like, then how many know I have called him and I've equipped him? 
Can I remind you today, church, that you're not just called, you've been called and equipped. You've been given everything you need for the call. Everything you have right now is enough for the call. Because he didn't just call you, he equipped you. There's no call from God without an equipping. You can give it up for Ben. You can sit down. You can take that with you and have a good day. Yeah, lunch on me today. All right. There's an old saying, and it's kind of cheesy, but I think the saints got it right. And, and, and they're saying God doesn't just call the equipped. He equips the called. And it is a little cheesy. I think it's 1990s Christianity, right? Those little sayings. But, but I think they're right. There's something to when God calls, it's not an empty calling. He calls and then he equips or he empowers the call in our life. When I feel like I can't do it, I remind myself I'm equipped for this. I'm not just called without an equipping. I'm called and equipped. My wife and I right now have been saying a little phrase to ourselves in our house where it's like we can do hard things. Raising twin toddlers is hard. If you don't have kids right now, wait a few years. Enjoy your life, okay? Sleep in. See some movies, right? Like, okay? Don't wait too long, okay? Because you need energy, all right? That's the other side of the journey, okay? I'm 40 now, and I'm like, I'm too old for this junk. I can't wake up three times a night, okay? This is ridiculous, okay? And so it's like I should have had kids when I was 17. I wasn't smart. I had no money, but I had energy. There's some wisdom there, okay? No, I'm kidding. Like, so you need energy. You really do. You really do, and I don't have it right now, so whatever. But we have this saying, we're like, we can do hard things. And so we're like cleaning the kitchen, chasing kids, trying to put dishes back, and we'll sometimes look at each other and be like, we can do hard things. You know, your calling isn't easy. Oh, come on, somebody. But you can do hard things. You've been equipped for the thing that God wants you to do. You've been equipped for the calling. It's not easy, but it's, it's doable with Jesus. Philippians 4.19, and my God will liberally supply, fill until full your every need according to your wallet. No, it doesn't say that. According to your education level. No, it doesn't say that. According to your, it doesn't say, according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. He calls and he equips according to his riches this morning. Let's be honest, a fraction of God's connections could meet all of our needs. A fraction of God's connections, right? There's about 2 billion Christians on the planet, right? 2 billion Christians. God has only got to talk to five people to change your day, right? He got to convince just one person to marry you for you to be happy. All right, like, hey, let's, let's, let's break it down. God's got plenty of resources. Let me, let, me pick, let me pick on your insecurity this morning. He's got plenty of resources. J- just a fraction of his energy would change my week. Just a sliver, a slice of the energy of God changed me. Changed my mind, changed my heart, changed, right? Just a drop of his favor would be more than enough. You don't even need a lot of God. You just need a little bit sometimes. Like, it's not a lot to change. Amen. He's, you're called and you're equipped this morning. Move number three. Move number three. You're covered. You're covered. This one, this one comes from an embarrassing story. Okay, so I already told you about my social insecurities. Now I'm, now I'm going really, to really zero in on myself. So a few weeks ago, you know this is going to be a story we start that way, I got into a bit of a fender bender. And it was actually right out here after we loaded our truck. And we were in a parallel parking spot. And coming out of the parallel parking spot, I happened to hit somebody. And everybody's okay. Nothing's wrong. No one's, everything's fine. But it was a bit of a fender bender, right? And so I looked, everything was clear, and I came out probably a third, halfway out, and I looked in my front to make sure my front corner was like not going to hit the car in front of me, which is a good thing, right? 
And then I come out a second more, and this is all happening, of course, within like a split second. And I hear a punk, right? And of course, I knew instantly, instantly what happened. I didn't feel very smart. Well, the other driver was not very happy, as you can imagine, right? So that was awesome. And, uh, and so we just had this moment, and then, you know, everything ended up being okay. So I had to call the insurance the next week, right? And I'm like, hey, you know, the, the cops didn't write a citation. They knew it was kind of just a messy moment. You know, it wasn't really anybody's fault. We just, he didn't see me. I didn't see him. He's in my blind spot. It just was a bad moment, right? In fact, it was really embarrassing for me, too, because, like, I'm out there dealing with it, and there's people that visited our church and had lunch with some of the other people in our church, and they're all walking by, and I'm surrounded by, like, 10 cops and cop cars, and, hey, I'm fine, you know, it's just like, it's all good, you know, it's, it's just a fender bender, you know. I had a, I had a perfect driving record, too, y'all. 10 years in South Florida, not a scratch. Until then, I just, I ruined it, you know. And you just don't feel very smart when you do those things. So I called the insurance company, right? And, uh, and, and so I'm like, hey, you know, here's what happened. And technically, it is my fault. I'm the one coming out of the parking spot, right? And so and he said, well, Mr. Shaw, let's look. And what, what's the first thing they're going to do? Let's look at your policy. Let's look at your policy. Hey, good news, right? And, of course, I, I knew it. I knew what my policy was. I knew where I was at. He said, he said, this mistake, this problem that you have is covered by your policy. The, the problem isn't as large as your policy, so the policy is able to take care of it. That's some good news, right, in that moment. You don't have to give anything right now. You don't have to pay anything. We will cover this mistake we got you covered with this problem. Let me be real straight with all of us today. You and I had a very large problem. We were lost in sin and spiritually dead. The problem with humanity isn't that we're like, like kind of mean and you know, trick-or-treat, naughty or nice. That's not the problem with humanity. The problem with humanity is that we are spiritually dead and lost. And the Bible says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God wrote a policy over your life before you even knew you had a problem. And if God could take care of the biggest problem in your life, so you think money's your biggest problem. It's not. Money's not your greatest problem, right? You think your baby mom's the biggest problem you got. It's not. Or your baby dad or whatever, or your ex. That's not your biggest problem. You think your biggest problem is your kids. It's not. The biggest problem for all of us is that we were spiritually lost and dead. That was problem number one. Every other problem I have in my life, problem number two, problem number three, problem number 20, problem 198 that I'll face this week or whatever, if Jesus could take care of the greatest problem in my life, can't I trust him with problem number 20? And problem number 500. And problem number three. If the greatest problem is covered under the policy, can't I have some trust? If he could take care of eternity, maybe he's got me this next week too. I want you to get it. It's covered in the policy. If, if your lostness is covered and you've received it and you cashed in on what God gave, and I'm not calling Jesus insurance. It's so much greater and sweeter than that. But if he's covered the greatest problem, then is, am I insecure or am I secure in Christ? Am I secure in Christ? God, whatever faces me has to get through you first. You said you'd never give me more than I could handle. Right? You, you, so I'm looking to you. I'm secure in 
Christ. If you look at the life of Paul, Paul went through a lot of stuff, but he didn't go through it alone. And he said, God's with me. I'm an overcomer, right? Like, I, I got this. He's, he's with me. You're going to go through challenges in life, man. In fact, Jesus has said, hey, you're going to have problems. But what do he say? Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I'm going I'm to land with this one. Hebrews 13, 6. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Wow. The Lord is my helper. I can say it with confidence. I can have some security. When I feel like I'm not getting enough done, when I'm not doing enough, I can remember I'm equipped. When I feel like I've got to live for love and not from love, I can remember and be secure. I am loved and I can do life from overflow. And if he could take care of my greatest problem in life, he's got me next week. If he can take care of forever, he's got me this month. He's got me. If the biggest one is done, the little ones can be done too. I can be secure in Christ. Did I help you this morning? I hope you receive something. Amen? I wanted you to get something this morning. Let's be secure in Christ. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we love you. God, I thank you today that you are moving your people, the church. God, we're all moving from insecurity to secure in Christ. So, Father, we all have fears. We all have worries. We all have insecurities. But, God, if you took care of the greatest problem in our life, you could take care of everything else. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for making us new. You're amazing. Amen and amen. Give it up for Jesus one more time. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing day.